You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that if you're going to be making any purchases on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, please go to www.9to5.cc first and click the links in the sidebar or at the bottom of the page to support the site. It makes no difference to you, but it really helps us out a lot. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Welcome everybody to Montreal's most topical podcast, the 9to5 Entertainment System. Scott, what do we talk about? Well, we talk about terrorists and masks in Quebec. We talk about language in Quebec. And then we segue from that, obviously, into Spider-Man Homecoming. Then we kick it off with Blade Runner 2049, Kickboxer Vengeance, and a new segment, Questions from the Audience. I wish Spider-Man was real and lived in Montreal. This is the 9 to 5 Entertainment System. Wear your sunglasses on the bus, huh? No, that is illegal. You cannot wear your sunglasses on the bus. Can you wear a surgical mask on the bus if no. you're sick and you oh don't want God. to spread your germs? What? You could be. A, that's a terrorist act. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Your germs are for everybody. I actually, uh, just leading into that, always as like a child, ignorantly like assumed that the people wearing the surgical masks were like afraid of the bacteria. And it was literally only when I went to Taiwan and it was much more common that I found that it's keeping your bacteria in your face. Are you serious? It's You put it on when you're sick uh-huh. to keep it in. You didn't I, know that. I always thought it was like the reverse, like you're keeping the germs out. So, uh, like I always thought it was like, oh, you're so paranoid of germs. I haven't been to a clinic a few times. Some of them now they have a mask like when you walk in. It's like if you have a cough, put on the dumb mask. Yeah. You're going to make people sick. Yeah, yeah. At yeah. every hospital. They have right. that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I just, I never. So it's like a surprise to you. Well, it was a surprise to me as of a couple of years ago. I just thought it was just, I was like, Psh, no, people wait, are so paranoid from germs. But there is a, a cultural thing of, of like, in, in Japan, people wearing masks well, to prevent infection. No, well, it's, to, it's to stop other people from getting sick. It's all politeness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my, my understanding, at but least. But it's not because they, like, have the flu. They're yeah, just it's like, because they have the flu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My that's understanding, at least. No, no, there's, like, vanity ones and people who just don't no, want to no, be downtown. That's because they like dress it. them up. Because it's so common that when you get a cold, you just put on a mask yeah. so you don't make everybody sick. I can't, I can't speak for all cultures, but the Taiwanese people that I spoke to is like, yeah, when you start to feel a cough, that's when your mask goes on. Like, yep. it's, it's like a. Isn't that the most logical course of action? Uh, I mean, it's it like is. Everyone else. And, yeah. and at work, I. I'm, Putting masks on kids all the time. Yeah. It's like, hey, yeah. <laughs> you put masks on kids all the time. Like you that. are Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> you are Spider Man. <laughs> My job here is done. <laughs> Just leave. Uh, yeah. You heard the tragedy <laughs> of Dark, Darth Scott the Wise. Yeah. No, uh, no, but kids walk in, they're just like. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers up both nostrils, coughing on doorknobs. Yeah. Fuck that. I was in an adult clinic two weeks ago, and there was people doing that. Adults. Like, yeah. what the hell? How, yeah. how the hell do you get to be fucking 30 years old and you don't cover your mouth when you cough? Yeah, I was on the train Sunday morning, and there was just someone who was coughing. And so I was like, can we move? I'm like, yes. Yes, we absolutely can move. Uh, so the reason so we're talking about what? face covering, though, <laughs> is actually kind of topical. Not just talking about Is it germs. terrorists? I bet it, it's terrorists. I bet you it's terrorists. Yeah. What the hell? Is it Montreal or is it Quebec? Quebec. Quebec, yes. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, because it's the premier. It's the liberal, yeah. the liberal mm-hmm. government that I believe slammed the PQ government when they did the Christmas tree thing, then yeah. went way worse and said no one can cover their faces. You know? When providing or receiving public services. Yeah, so that means the metro. Right. <laughs> so weird. What? <laughs> I don't understand. 
I just don't get it. Here's, well, here's my here's my thing. Well, also they're, we live in Montreal, afraid, man. They're Scarves. afraid. Yeah, just I mean, in general, yeah. like we're cold. <laughs> they're afraid of these people. What do you mean these people? hiding their ident- people who cover their faces, mm-hmm. uh, concealing their identities in order to commit crimes? Right. Every time I've seen a video of a security cam of someone committing a crime, they're wearing a baseball cap. So yeah. I think that is where we should start. <laughs> start with baseball caps. Start with, f- come for the baseball caps first. Make okay. that. Well, did you know the overwhelming number of uh, bank robberies are committed with an escape vehicle? Banned vehicles. Well, that's right. I yeah. mean, that huh. way, criminals will have no means to escape. Just running. Yeah. Unless they do like what I did in the cops Grand, Theft, have Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, <laughs> where I hit the gym for two weeks, and then I could go on a BMX as fast as a car. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so we passed Bill 62, mm-hmm. or Quebec passed Bill 62, to the absolute outrage. So what do you think board. is the goal here? Like, who who are they trying to appeal to with this action? I is it is it the like rural Quebecers? It's got to be. Like, yeah. it has to be. Like, it just absolutely has to be. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just like I don't see. I don't know anyone in Montreal yeah. who would go for that. And I mean, on top I of that, too, sadly, do. Uh, yeah, I get guess. out. I spent like a good hour trying to think up like a rational way to argue against you. But guys like, on and this but one. like, just for and, fun. And that argument was, I just don't like it, and it makes me uncomfortable. I'm yeah, like, that's Which, not that's not fair. an argument. That's you don't get to take away people's rights because their rights make you uncomfortable. But like, doubly you know? so is I'm like the other thing that I the the the, the problem where I like trying to get my head around was I was like I because we specifically have public transportation and the metro the like impact is much more available. Like if you live in the middle of nowhere, you don't have that. So you're just thinking like, yeah, I don't want to see that at the hospital or the courthouse or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like a narrower view. Like for us, like, yeah. it immediately seems stupid that you technically can't go in the metro with your scarf on your face. Right. Like, right. and you're like, wait, that's the dumbest rule. Yeah. Like just in general, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's, so it's like, I feel that it's much more like uh, are they, highlighted are they, in the city like how stupid it is because we have more access to more public services are they playing it from a religious angle or are they playing it from like an anti-terrorist security angle like I just I don't they're understand playing it from a security angle yeah. but I mean but it really but just it's only, only targeting yeah yeah, yeah. and then and cold people and then people that put the, the spin on it cataracts. That, right. people put the who is it someone one of the politicians put the spin on it that it was like like a, a like a freedom thing, like because they were oppressed, and I'm like, get out of here! Yeah. You can't make decisions so for other people. You are the worst. Yeah. Meanwhile, the crucifix stays in the Assemblée Nationale, right? right? Like, what's just that's still happening? Yep. Yeah. Oh man, it makes so. Like, I mean, like I can understand. I, I wrote a letter to my M and A. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you say? I was like, can you please spend your time doing useful things? Nice. Like, did, did they respond? You were, no, not yet. Yeah. I'm going to write another one soon saying, hey. I expect a response to this. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, it's like, like we, were, we were talking about, like, for instance. I, I don't – the thing that galls me the most is what problem are they addressing? Because there's no problem with people wearing burqas and niqabs in this province. Nope. There is there's zero issue that has ever occurred due to this thing. I would say the so, only like the only thing that really springs to mind in terms of like terrorist attack was when a white guy shot up a mosque. Like that's like in recent memory, well, or of, a bunch of, or a bunch of, or a, a, a bunch of francophones blowing up a bunch murder. of <laughs> anglophones. Like I'm like that's I just they're fixing problems that don't exist. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, like, we do have real problems, right? Like they like could be addressing massive problems. I yeah. work yeah. in healthcare, and there's no nurses. Yeah, it's like playing anymore. up to xenophobia. It's yeah. bananas. Absolutely bananas. And it's coming from the liberal party. Yeah, which is the like double. We can't, we can't vote for the left party to fix this next time because. What the fuck just happened? 
There's it makes no me crazy. Maybe they want us to vote for the separatist parties. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah, I I don't know. I mean, like I said, the only only thing the logic that goes for me is to go for the outlying like rural stuff where the liberals are typically like weaker in their voter base and they're thinking like, they're going to lose the next election so they want to buffer up well their... yeah well the bulk i mean mm-hmm. unlike the <laughs> like uh, unlike at the national level and the provincial level they trade back and forth with the Batsi yeah. Quebecois like yeah. pretty frequently so they're pr- probably just trying to hedge their hedge their bets on that like i don't know man it's a fucking embarrassment thanks it, it is it's like yeah. thanks quebec for taking away that moral high ground we had over the western provinces yeah now we're know. shittier. I don't think we ever really had that moral icon. A little bit. I like to pretend we did. Come on. Now we, now Ke- we Quebec do does not vote for the crazy right wing parties of Canada, right? Absolutely that, that not. But not I mean, but us. but in like within the last, uh, you know, like fifty years, there's only one problem that had province that had an incredibly violent uprising based around like okay, language. We we also had the 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 vastly more right wing church dominated society fifty years ago than any other province yeah. did. So we've made a much much more dramatic change and it is understandable that there was, you know, conflict during that change. Yeah, I guess so. Like think of how strong the church was here, uh, like fifty or even like a hundred years ago. It's crazy. Yeah, crazy. I still don't fully buy that they're not out in those rural communities. I mean, I feel there's still what the Muslims? No, <laughs> no, the real church. <laughs> the church. Uh, even yeah. even now, um, changing the name of streets in Montreal yeah. is very difficult when it comes to saints. Hmm. Yeah. Um, when they wanted to rename Park, mm-hmm. everyone was just like, "Why don't you choose this street or that street?" And I'm just like, "Oh, those are." Those They're are saints. Religious streets. We can't do that. <laughs> we don't. It was touch like those. a big. It was a big deal. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some. Like I said, I feel that of all places, I feel the church still has some pull in Quebec. Like, I mean, it does, but but nothing compared to what it did. Yeah. yeah. I actually just watched a documentary about that. But. Mon pays mon something. Okay. Really good. It was about uh, just a guy growing up in Quebec and and like watching the changes of the Quiet Revolution and at, like a history of Quebec. Cool. I get the name. I'm gonna get it right now. So we search can that about. stuff. Go into. Do you want to talk about something happier? I mean, like, I don't know. What are we? What, are, what is? What's our goal of accomplishing talking about Bill sixty two? Being like, we here at ninety s are against. I, mean, I, guess, <laughs> I guess that's it. We 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 acknowledge that we are a part of this society, and we don't like this part that happened. This blows. Well, I mean, I love. I, I just hope that the. I, I don't know. Like, what, here's the it's thing. Called, it's called Quebec, my country, mon pays. Okay. Anyway, strongly recommend. Go. Um. My thing about this is similar to when uh, President Trump made his travel ban and people were like, whoa whoa that is against, like... All the laws. All the laws. I'm like, isn't there, like, a Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms that this violates? There is. And that's what I'm saying. So, like, can it get appealed by the Canadian yep. government? Is that happening? Mm, yep. Being taken sort of, because the... if we uh, So, I'm in the middle of reading a book about the um, Canadian Constitution. Okay. Exactly for things the like Meech this. Lake Accord, so the Meech-Lake Accord? So, in the Meech-Lake Accord, what they agreed was that the provinces were allowed to override the, con- the Canadian Constitution. Right? That was to keep right. Quebec in and to keep Quebec happy. So, technically, if Quebec wants to go and do horrible things that violate the Canadian Constitution of Human Rights, as this does, then they are free to. Against even the human rights stuff? I That's thought right. that maybe like against the law stuff, like constitutional stuff. But the tre- I thought the Charter of Rights and Freedoms was like separate from the Constitution. I'm pretty sure that a lot of the, the, the complaints about Bill 101 are essentially quashed by, by the Mutual Lake Accord. But, that's, but I think that's like a legal thing. That's not a human right. You, I mean, you didn't... The, the you right can argue to, that the right to well that's what I'm saying I'm I'm, 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 I'm asking equal, this yeah. I'm asking this from a place of ignorance I'm yeah, just yeah. like like I'm saying because I mean like your language laws yeah I can see that's not a human right thing that's just a, how we want to enforce it sorry you think the, the language laws are not a human rights issue 
not in the same Speaking way. Speaking in a language that, you want to? Being yeah. forced to learn a different language in schools? Not being allowed to send your kids to the language school of your choice? I don't think that's a things human that rights violation. I think it is. And I think the Canadian Constitution agrees with me. You think? I do. I don't know. I mean, I might be wrong. I don't know. I'm just reading in the middle of the book. Yeah. Maybe at the end, <laughs> they're going to be like, it's A-OK. But, um, yeah, I seem to recall that's what... Well, I'm just saying, but usually religious freedoms are held, like, pretty high. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. versus, like, your language things being, like... like I don't know. Like, I'm just... I'm really not sure where the line gets drawn. Sure. Like, I, I can somehow kind of see, like, yeah, we're going to have a language law. Because, I mean, like, essentially, when you go well, to... Don't, s- don't mix up 101 and 178. Huh? 178 is more linguistic and signage and... Right. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, while 101 has to do more with public loud services. Train. 101 has more to do with public services and schools. Huh. Yeah. So 178 is the sign law where you're not allowed to put up an English sign without having the French, bigger. French sign yeah. bigger inside. And yeah. So my question here, getting deep into Bill 178, um, what? if you guys know, because like, how is that different in a way from being in like, you know, Canada or America where school is only provided in English and if you want another school, you essentially need to go to a private school, which is the same situation in Quebec. Because we have a public English school. Right. And you can't say, I would like my kid to go to this public school. You have to meet certain conditions. Hmm. Like, I understand, if I understand correctly, if you are an immigrant, you have to send your kid to 100% French school right now. It doesn't matter if you want them educated in English, you have to be. Unless, only, unless you go to private school. Unless you pay for it. Right. But if no, you want yeah. access to the public services, yeah. right. you are paying taxes for. Yeah. You can only go in French. Right. right. But I'm saying, like, there are some, other than the fact that English is also available in the public system, that's no different from only, most countries. Only if your parents are English, right? It's already restricted. I don't, I, and I think no, you have to have the, both. There's, there's one of your parents had to attend... High school in English in Quebec to be eligible. And the only exception for that is people here on student visas who have children. Hmm. So if you're here on a student visa getting your your degree and you have a kid, you can apply for an exemption to send them to a public English school. Hmm. If neither of your parents went to English school in Quebec, say because you're from Ontario, Mm -hmm. and you moved to Quebec, your kids must attend a French school. Yeah. If you're going into the public system, if you're going into the private system. Yeah, none of that counts because the government can't enforce any regulations. Yeah, you can go to school in literally any language you want right. in the private system. All right. There used to be a couple loopholes where if you started in English, you would continue in English. Yeah. So people would send their kids year one in English and then transfer to the public system. Mm-hmm. Those were closed. Yeah. But I just think I I get that it's crappy. I'm just not sure where that falls on human rights. That's. Right. If you talk to the hardline Quebecers, then they would say it's totally within their rights. And if you talk to anybody else, they would say it's not. I don't know. I think people should. We live in a country whose two official languages are English and French. And I think the the government should provide education in both. Yeah, but then that's not the case in other provinces. If I want my kid to go to school in French in BC, I can't. It depends where. No, exactly. There are French immersion schools, but but that might depend. But but school always requires a demand. Like, you can't say, I live in the middle of the woods, a hundred miles away from everything, I demand a public school to be open. Oh, I don't know. You probably could. Well, you can get, you you could (laughs) enroll and then you would have to get there on your own. Just because you live far away doesn't mean that there's there's a school there. But there is a demand for schools in English. There's English students here. Like I said, I'm not saying it's not shitty. I just don't know where it falls on the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. It seems like, to me, it just, it seems more like, I'm just saying it seems more like it's a legal thing I just, I'd have to reread the, I'm just, I'm trying to remember because we read it in school, right? Like I'm trying to, trying to think of where that would land. 
But I know, like I said, I'm, I'm in the middle of, of uh, looking at and planning school registration. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. yeah I kid. imagine. Okay. How's it going? So. Do you have to prove that you went to an English high school? Yep. Crazy. Yeah, that shouldn't be that hard, though. You have those records. Well, I mean, I have to go get those records. Yeah, but yeah. That's yeah. I, I went to I went to public English school in Quebec, so I'm eligible. Well, we live in a zany province, y'all. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: like, I could decide to send my kid to a French school. Mm-hmm. And then his kids would not have that eligibility. He would no longer have that choice for his kids. Yeah, that's where it gets weird. Kind of bullshit. Right? Yeah. That is the weird part. So. it's it's That's messed up. You're just like, my kid would be an Anglophone. He would have gotten a very good Francophone education by mm-hmm. being completely immersed in the language. Yeah. And when he got, you know, a family of his own and sent his kids to school, he would not have an option. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's super messed up. I mean, that's why I think like there, like when I went to West Island College in grade eight, a lot of kids were like, uh, there were a lot of uh, like Islamic kids and stuff like that. Who that's why they were in private school was mm-hmm. just they're like, I'm not. I just came here to this country, and I'm not going to like set my kid behind in the workforce by forcing him to learn by forcing only him French. to learn only French. Yeah. Like and mm-hmm. like the neat. That's ne- true. There's another exception other than students. There's diplomats and yeah. foreign nationals. Right. And like the kind of the weird, the super weird thing about West Island College was that it was a French immersion school. So like all of our classes were in French, but everybody in the school was English, except for the English class. Like it was very hmm. weird, but I was like, it kind of makes sense because you're like, you're going to get the social element of English and then you're going to still learn French in like a French immersion environment. Hmm. Like, but we're going to have educators that are expecting native english speakers yeah which is different than yeah like you're like you're when you you're learning science in french but you could if you're and you're supposed to ask the questions in french but if you're a little bit stuck you could totally ask it in english because you understand that your your teacher is teaching you french yeah yeah which is kind of i think a like that's a cool system in my opinion like if you're... I'm, I'm not against the idea of learning french in school like that's super important and hmm. beneficial to 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 all the kids but People don't have the same choices. Yeah. No matter, equal citizens do not have the same options to each other. Mm-hmm. Which is messed up, right? Like my neighbor and I do not have the same options for our kids. So I assume you're sending Arch to English school. <laughs> We're looking at different schools, right. different options. <laughs> We're gonna see how it goes. You're gonna handcuff him and be like, "Ha ha, Archer! Now you get to. Yeah, I just ruined your kids. What? Grandpa Scott out, and you just leave. <laughs> uh, you know, I might just quit and homeschool him. You know, give him the the, the full MacIver experience. It's comic books, twenty four seven, all yeah. day long, hundred years, comic books. <laughs> Scott and Archer. Uh, do you want to talk about comic books? We I saw a comic book movie, and so did Scott, and it really? was actually pretty solid. Which one? Spider Man Homecoming. Really? Yep, I was amazed. Explain. Uh, it's amazing. It's like literally. I the only thing that counts against the Spider-Man Homecoming movie in my opinion is that we've had 5 of them in the last 10 years. Like mm-hmm. if this was the first Spider-Man movie, we would be like high-fiving and like being like Spider-Man, Spider-Man for 100 years. I'm, I'm super done with Spider-Man. I have you no should watch interest this one. It's in just the best. It. It's like everything you want out of Spider-Man. Ugh. Hey, do you know when they talk about the backstory? 
I know, never. I know. They never talk about I've the backstory. Yeah. They yeah. never say the word Ben. Yeah, they never talk about Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. They have a brief conversation where he accidentally reveals his secret identity to his best buddy, and he's just sort of like, bit by a radioactive spider? Would you still have the spider? Could it bite me? And like, that's pretty much it. And he's like, no, man, that's not how it works. Like, I don't think... I think spider's it was like... Spider's dead. Spider's dead, Ned. <laughs> like, just keep going. Uh-huh. Like, that's the only element of backstory. Uh, the kid is super witty, like, as Spider-Man with his, like, one-liners. It's but the then same one who was in um, Civil uh, War. Civil, Civil War, War, yeah. It takes place after Civil War. Yeah. So it's just him being like, can't wait to be an Avenger. And Iron Man being like, just stay friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Dude, you don't need to fight aliens and stuff. Like, you're a child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, thumbs up. And then, like, like, Iron Man basically just leaves. So it's him messing up a lot as teenage Peter Parker. Huh. There's uh First of all, they address like a brilliant issue that anyone who played Spider-Man 2 on PlayStation 2 does knows. Does he web this guy? Uh, no, no, but he does end up in a the kerfuffle suburbs. in the suburbs. And he's like, huh, and just like shoots. <laughs> and, like, you see like the web like shoot through the air. He's like, the suburbs suck. Like, he's just like running <laughs> through. Jogging. And so he's just jogging. And then, oh, then, they, then they turn that him jogging through into a Ferris Bueller reference. Nice. Like, like flips over, like lands in the backyard. Hey, Spider-Man, how you doing? Like yeah. whatever else like that, like walks through. And then, then wait, then wait, wait, no, no, no. Okay, go. And then he runs into someone's backyard where the TV is on. It's and it's Ferris Bueller yeah. playing that scene of him running through the back. And he's like, great movie. And <laughs> just like keeps going, like, amazing. Like, huh. just really. It was, it was delightful. It was a delightful superhero movie. Michael in, Keaton in was a, amazing. In, in a it. time where superhero movies are having to diverge from the genre mm-hmm. of superhero movies mm-hmm. in order to maintain effect. So if you saw the New Mutants trailer, it's a horror movie. If you saw Logan. It's, it's hard. It's hard to put put that in as a superhero. It's a drama, kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. It's a western essentially. It's like a have gun will travel kind of situation, and, except uh, knife hands. And <laughs> no, it. <laughs> but it, it like goes back to to Iron Man one or X Men two, where hmm. it's like a fun superhero. Movie. A zany villain. But I I would, I would go and then people... uh, like a little step further and say that it's not really a full superhero movie. It's a teen comedy with a superhero movie over top like yeah it is the origin story but there was like a lot of him being awkward around girls and him it was the origin story no 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 no. i'm saying no but i'm saying like the superhero movie of just like him in his first superhero adventure like like that genre that we've seen like all the like the first three iron mans basically all followed the same kind of thing like captain america followed the same tropes of just sort of like Here's a thing, then there's a bad guy, then you beat the bad guy. But, like, on top of all that, all the stuff, there's, like, a lot of Peter Parker in the movie. Like, him balancing his debate club duties mm-hmm. and, like, him really wanting to, like, have the... That's the thing. Spider-Man always gets the great power, great responsibility thing. He never says it. He always shows it. Hmm. There's, like, a bunch of times where he's like, I'm at the party and I have to go because Spider-Man. And... You you just because you know the character and you know all the tropes that go along with the character, they don't they don't uh, caption them at the bottom of the screen. You're just hmm. like, oh, he's leaving because Peter Parker's life sucks. Yeah, he's like he's like here's like, like here's the decision that he's got to make because it was like his buddy like kind of like rats it out to be like oh Peter knows Spider Man like to to try to make him look cool in front of the right. girls so he's gonna show up at a party show up as Spider Man like name drop Peter Parker then like come back to look cool and he has his plan but then he sees like something going down and he's like <sighs> and just off he goes I'm just bailing on the party and like all and the time bailing like, on my friend who's stuck at this party full of the cool people yeah. Mm-hmm. 
He's like, the hat isn't working. The hat isn't working. The guy's like, the, 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 chubby, the chubby nerd kid shows up at the party wearing a fedora. fedora. <laughs> and he's like, uh, hat? He's like, it's going to work, man. It's the coolest hat. Yeah, great. Like, uh-huh. a, like same thing too. Like, he goes to the debate club thing where he goes to Washington, Washington, right. and he's like, it's really important. And it's like the girl that he has a crush on is like, cool, thanks. Peter's gonna help us and do all this. And then something goes on, and he's got to be Peter Parker, so he's got to bail in the debate club. He's gotta be Spider Man. Yeah, right. he's got to be Spider Man. It's like, yeah, it's like supporting cast: Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton as Vulture is amazing. They tie it in. Here's my one, not one, two beefs. One is I don't understand. So the whole setup is after uh, Avengers 1 where they fight the aliens in New York. In New York. Uh, Michael Keaton has like a cleanup company that invests all this money to be like prepared to remove alien tech. They get, no, they get the contract they, from the city. Yeah, they get the contract from the city. And, uh, but he, but he, to do the work in exchange for salvage. Right. So they get the salvage rights of the, the, the huh. mess. And Smart, then immediately, yeah. Stark Industries is like, whoa, yeah. back up, get out. We are salvaging all the tech and whatever right. else like that. And he's we basically received a national edict saying your contracts are no longer valid. Yeah. Right. So and now he's he, like, but I just spent a million dollars on trucks and yeah, like hiring I, people in. to hmm. to do this stuff. And then he's like, well, that sucks. And he's like, but he kept kept a little bit of tech. So essentially, he takes his expertise with salvaging alien tech. That was the part where I got a little confused. I'm like, why do these guys know how to, like, jury-rig alien techs into guns? They kind of glossed over well, that. They played like, around with it for long enough. Well, I mean, they got guns. Right. It wasn't an, an army showed up. Like, well, really, yeah, but like, but, like, they have their, like, oh, this is, like, one of Voltron's ener- uh, Ultron's energy that's cores. Later. That's whatever. later. Yeah, that is later. But I'm just saying, but, like, right, right, like, like the, that, first, the first truckload they have is, like, a bunch of salvaged weapons. Yeah. And, like, a bunch of high-powered batteries. Yeah. And they start, they start plugging in the, the guns into the batteries and shooting things. Yeah, exactly. So then, yeah. anyway, they, they start to um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Like Basically, like, retrofit the salvage into, like, basically the best weapons on the planet and selling yeah. them to the underworld because they're like, we just got screwed out of all our money. So Fuck you all. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which I thought was, like, kind of a neat origin story. Mm-hmm. Just where they got that expertise to be able to retrofit Ultron tech was I was like, I don't know who you people are. Like, Well, I mean, there was an eight-year jump. Between step one and step two of them, I don't think playing. eight years would be enough for us to know how to work Ultron tech. Yeah, but we're like guys three are clever engineers dudes. And shit. <laughs> it's a fucking movie. Anyway, and the other thing that was they're a like bit they're engineers and stuff—they're not just garbage men. Yeah. Like anyway, but I'm saying, but I thought it was cool as a, as, a, as a Vulture backup story. Right, I was right. like, it organically fits. It's like it draws from. This is kind of charming, and it's like mundanity. You know, somebody got fucked over, and now they're angry, and they're gonna build a yeah. Vulture suit and shoot people. And well, the other and, thing is, he's not a supervillain. He is huh. a villain. He is. Then he goes and steals some more of the the salvage tech yeah. to sell it to make money. He's not trying to take over the world. He's not trying to get back at Iron Man. <laughs> he, he's actually pretty pissed off that Spider Man even gets involved with his shit at all. He's just like, leave, leave me alone. Yeah, like he he is a bad guy. He's selling these weapons illegally, but like he's not like, and now I'm gonna blow up the world. He's right, like, right. no. Like even in the climactic scene, his goal is just to do like a bigger heist than he previously has been trying. His goal is to, like, they're moving Stark Tower out of the, uh... Out of the tower tower into, like, the upper New York or whatever the heck it is. Upstate New York, yeah. And which they talked about, I think, in Civil War or whatever. He has the new compound outside. Whatever. Mm -hmm. So, and so he's, like, on that shipment of Stark stuff, he's like, I'm gonna hit that shipment. That's his... Which is, like, a big score. Sure. But, like, he's still not trying to blow up the world. He's just trying to make a big score. Like, he never... Transverse, like he's trying to Ocean's Eleven it. 
That's it. Yeah, exactly. He never transforms into, like, now I want to kill everybody. He's just like, I would like to steal these weapons. Anybody else notable in the film? Uh, Donald Glover oh. has two cameos, which is delightful because of the Donald for Spider-Man hashtag. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's pretty fun in it. Um, yeah, he's playing the Prowler. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? <sighs> I just blanked on his name. Justin Long? No. No. What? The guy who plays the teacher from Silicon Valley. It yeah. is Justin Long, no? No, it's not Justin No, Martin Long. Starr. Martin Starr. Yeah, Martin Starr from plays... Freaks and Geeks. The, from Freaks and Geeks fame plays the, the debate. He also has like, the he best... Is, he's fucking great. That yeah. character is amazing. He has like one of the best throwaway lines, and he was just sort of like, the important part is, is we didn't lose any students this time. <laughs> <laughs> Giving the news report after like the Spider-Man attack, <laughs> he just looks really sad into the camera. Yeah, um, Robert Downey Jr. has a, a, a little role, thing, yeah. and um, John Favreau plays Happy, Happy Hogan, reprises yeah. his character mm-hmm. as kind of the liaison between Spider-Man and Iron Man. Even that uh, was my least favorite part of the movie. I felt that was a little long. Yeah. Well, I, I will also say. The probably the most evil. Also, Gwyneth Paltrow was there, and I thought she died in Iron Man Three. Pepper? Yeah. Is Pepper dead? Didn't she like absorb all the nanites and turn to fire? Didn't she try to forget everything from Iron Man Three? I mean, didn't they yeah. retcon it? Yeah. They retcon it. Did he? Is it a robot Pepper Potts? I hope they retconned it. <laughs> I don't remember Iron Man Three. I'm not gonna I, lie. I'm not gonna rewatch it to find out either. <laughs> that was a bad movie. I really, I'm hoping at some point that they're gonna twist it again and that Ben Kingsley actually was the Mandarin in the end. I hope they never make another Iron Man movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, they say that they're gonna stop if they're and if there's a new Iron Man, it'll be a new Iron Man. It'll be like huh. the Robert Downey, like Tony Stark, will hand yeah. off the suit to right. Scott McIver. Nice. <laughs> Scott's like, ooh, suck it in. <laughs> it's made of iron. <laughs> Stretchy uh, iron, nanites. Yeah. Stretch iron. But it, yeah, like also one of the most evil quote air quote things that the Vulture does, he does straight up by accident. He's just sort of like. <laughs> Uh, there's the guy who is you think is going to be the shocker, and then he's just sort of like, you don't think I'm serious? Then he like points one of the weapons at him and pulls it, and the guy just disintegrates, and he's like, I thought this was the levitation gun. <laughs> <laughs> so just, everyone's like, that's the levitation gun yeah. over there. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he just like gives like the shocker thing like, to this other guy. You're the shocker now. <laughs> he just like accidentally murders the guy, <laughs> which is kind of great with like Michael Keaton delivery and stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. His, his malice... Is great. Like, when he looks at Peter and threatens him, like, it's not like a, a big threat. It's not like, I'm going to destroy the city. I'm not going to throw the city of Sokovia into the... Yeah. He's like, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> You're like, ugh. Right, I'm going to find out who you care about, and I'm going to kill them, too. This is my, like, connection to Keaton, right? It's like, you have Beetlejuice and Batman era, where he's a star, and then you have Duplicity era, where you're like, ugh. Multiplicity. Yeah, multiplicity. And then you go to... Birdman. Birdman, and you're like, holy fuck, this guy can act. What the hell? So if this is a continuation of that, I feel like I'm that happy. has been Batman, yeah, no. Birdman, and Vulture. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I am from the sky. Oh, <laughs> uh, the Vulture costume looks cool. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, looks... Kind of, you know, when you first saw Captain America's new costume, you're like, oh, that's kind of how they would do that costume. It's like modernized, it slick, and cool. Like yeah, it looks silly on paper if you put someone in that costume. In a feathered wing situation. Yeah. The other thing that bugged me, and this is just like, again, like a minor nitpick, I would say, that prevent, makes it, prevents it from, not prevents it from being A, prevents it from being 100%, mm-hmm. was I kind of disliked his reliance on the Stark suit. Uh, yeah. It just bugged me because he gets like a Stark suit that has like an onboard uh, lady that talks to him, like Iron Man has Jarvis. Sp- Spider Man does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. He's got like a HUD. 
Okay. Yeah, exactly. Which is just which I get because they use that to have basically like the nonstop Spider-Man monologue that happens in the comics. Because right. like Spider-Man is often talking to himself. T- talking to himself in the comics. So anyway, I think they were just like that'd be just weird if he's just sort of like by himself talking to no one constantly, which is like <laughs> which is not as weird in the comics. But when I thought about it, I'm like that would be a little weird. You're like, who is he talking to? But like Spider-Man does a really active. But it also gives him a couple of like foibles without having to reset him to zero, right? You don't have to have him falling off a building because he forgot how to stick to walls. Yeah, how to shut web. They do that in the first five movies a lot in the origin story. Like, I can jump. Wait, what? Yeah, I guess. And they also have mechanical web shooters. Yeah, there's also mechanical web shooters that he has to refill with web fluid, which is also nice. He doesn't shoot them out of his wrist. How would you guys list this thing? Uh, High. I would say... Like, on the list of, like... I think the very top of our superhero movie list right now is Guardians of the Galaxy 2 at number 22. Is uh, that possible? Is there anything Deadpool higher? must be above that. Nope. Really? Yep. Uh-oh. It's above Logan, which is right above Deadpool. So. It's above Logan? Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? Apparently. I haven't even seen it yet. Shit. Yeah. It's really good. <laughs> Why do you have it above Guardians of the Galaxy? Guardians of the Galaxy 2 no. shouldn't be above Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it is. Well, then I mean, yeah, that's a mistake. Maybe we didn't put Guardians of the Galaxy on. No, we haven't put Guardians of the Galaxy on. That's why. All of us saw it in theaters. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so, Spider-Man? Um, to the to- tip-tops of our superhero collection I is... would say below Logan, above Deadpool. Yeah? That's... Yeah. Scott, he's a peasy. <laughs> Basically. Are, are, are Logan and Deadpool right yeah. next to each other? Yeah. yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. It is better than Deadpool. It is not as good mm-hmm. as Logan. And I feel like it would be, like I said, just its greatest... Uh, downside is the fact that we've had five Spider-Man movies in recent memory. Yep. If it was the first one, this movie would be much higher. If, <laughs> like, if you remove the Andrew Garfield ones, which you should do. Even, yeah. it, the, and even Spider-Man 3. three like, which you also should do. Yeah, that's exactly. That's what I'm saying. Well. But like, if, mm-hmm. if this had been... Like, and I, don't even, I didn't even hate the Tobey Maguire ones, but it's just like... It Spider-Man just, 3 isn't bad. It just does something unforgivable. No, it's 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 bad, and it also does something unforgivable. You're you're giving it forgiveness because the Tobey Maguire ones were pretty okay at the start. And it's just yeah, yeah. Mm. Also, uh, I love MJ. <laughs> Such a fan. Michelle. MJ. Michelle. The girl who is her friends call her MJ. You only find that out right at the end of the movie. I know. It's like a huge spoiler. Is it? Yeah. Well, it's not really a spoiler. It's just more of like just it's not a him. huge spoiler. There's a girl who's Michelle, and then when they're like, she's... You find like, out she's oh, Hannibal Burris. Hannibal Burris is also amazing in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's also... Oh, it's so good. The, one of the best things, like the recurring things, is that they just have this, like, these shitty VHS things of Captain America, like, talking talking to you, being like, hey, kids, I'm Captain America. Stay off drugs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Being like, I'm here to review your physical fitness reg- regimen with my good friend. And he like gestures to the left. Your gym teacher, Hannibal Burris, is standing on the <laughs> on the right. <laughs> so he just gestures to no one. And Hannibal Burris is just sort of like, yeah, I think he's like a criminal now or something. But whatever. These are all he's like, these are all the tapes we got. <laughs> like, and the detention. Hey, kids, it's me, Captain America. I'm sure you're thinking, what did I do to end up in detention? Like, it's just so good. The Captain America brand PSAs. So awesome. Did you see post-credits? Yeah, exactly. Captain America. Yeah. yeah. He's just like, what was it? Like, let, let's it was about patience. Let's talk today about patience. Yeah. You know, not a lot of people have it. This is after sitting through 10 minutes of credits. <laughs> and he's like, sometimes, waiting for things, you don't always get what you want. You were expecting something really exciting, and then you just got something less exciting. <laughs> Just sort of like, and that's okay. <laughs> like, just like, 
it's amazing. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. The Captain America PSAs are also hilarious, and Hannibal Burris is also sweet cameo. Yeah, like I said, casting top notch. I'm hmm. excited for another Spider-Man. Also, super approachable. Yeah, it's Spider-Man. Even like, even if you didn't see all the Avengers movies, they catch you up real quick, and then they don't start rolling it. without it. That was a that was a test, right? Yep, and you passed. Good job, Peter. <laughs> and just leave. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. kind of being the worst and best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just sort of like, I think I went over the top. But, you know, but then, like, because he, like, A, like, gets super mad at Peter Parker, and then Peter Parker ends up doing the right thing because he's Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And then, like, towards the end, like, Robert Downey Jr. is like, I think I overreacted with that punishment, but then you really came through, so I'm feeling like it's a tough love dad situation, <laughs> and I kind of came out on top. <laughs> Peter Parker's like, okay, he's like, yes. <laughs> just, just everything you see in the trailer about their interactions. Self, self-congratulatory, like, the, the, Tony Stark the, taking the credit for Spider-Man, essentially. Like, uh, right. but in, in the trailer, you see that scene where they're in the car together, mm-hmm. and Tony reaches over, and Peter hugs him. He's like, I'm not hugging you. I'm just opening the door. You can get out now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, that's their interaction the whole movie, and it's delightful. Yeah. Super good. Uh, what other stuff did you see? We, John and I, but not together... Saw Blade Runner 2049. Sure did. Mm, I'm jealous. Yeah, well, you had. You should go see it. You should go see you're it. You're not going to get to after this week because they're taking it out of most theaters. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you're not going to get the chance because yeah. it is essentially a flop. Tanking uh, $36 million is what I hear something. on the thing. And I don't understand. Every critic that I've ever read or, ta- or heard talk about it is saying this is like a triumphant Here's film. Here's the thing. It's definitely not a very it approachable movie. It is a <laughs> three-hour long movie with about two action sequences in it. Yep. Like, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. I just don't know what they were expecting. Yep. <laughs> like, like, just much like the original Blade Runner. Like, I mean, other than movie nerds and geek nerds and whatever else like Who else that, was it for? Like, nobody's just being like, yeah, Blade Runner. Like, it's like, like you essentially made a movie with, like, the budget and the release of a Transformers film, but expected <laughs> people to pay attention to, like, a meticulously crafted art film about humanity and robots. Like, But look, I'm so happy we live in the world oh, where no, we I'm got gl- this movie. Yeah, you know? we got to like, see it, and it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but... I was just like I don't know why it got the wide release that it did. Yeah. I don't I don't even know why it had some of the budget that it did. I think that a lot of it would have worked without some of the like more expensive ish scenes. Yeah. Like, I think what happened is that like Blade Runner the original one was a where it was a terrible flop when it came out and then it became a cult hit and like revered among film connoisseurs, but nobody else. Nobody else loves that movie. Here's here's and, here's the problem with that. Blade Runner Sold a whack ton of DVDs. Yeah. Yep. To the same people. <laughs> again and again. Again, six again editions and again. of it. Yeah. yeah. I know people who, much like I own several copies of Daredevil, <laughs> own multiple copies of Blade Runner. Hold on. There were multiple releases of Daredevil? Yeah. You're talking about the... I bought it three times. And, yeah. For different Oof. reasons. Different reasons. Yeah. Never got what I wanted. I also rewatched Blade Runner, for that yeah. matter. Uh, the final cut. Yep. Total uh, domestic gross on Blade Runner 2049 as of yesterday, $74 million. Oof. And it's got Production to have what? budget, $150 million. Yeah. Which is relatively inexpensive, I will say, for the... What they got? It's a beautiful movie. Yeah, for yeah. a giant blockbuster, like, two yeah. hours and 45-minute runtime and whatever, like... Foreign box offices have made their money back, so Denny Villeneuve will not uh, be a pariah. That's That kind of shocks me. I was actually thinking about that when, we, when I saw it. Yeah. I was like, how is this going to play foreign... Like I, I don't think. Uh, I mean, yeah. well, apparently you made their money back. So right. I mean, like that's. A, I feel like Gosling. Back. I think is a big enough international draw. Right. I think to 
save it money wise but i'm like that can't be playing well overseas you know like like not to say it can't it's just like when you hear a lot about the like japan i'm sure it does well in japan yeah yeah yeah, it's got those weird anime but like but like the big markets like when they talk about like the big uh like indian market and stuff like that they're like there's a lot of like movies with not a lot of dialogue and very simple plots so that like the dubbing isn't as egregious and all that stuff and it's like for sure yeah so which none of this <laughs> this is not the case uh effects are top notch what's her name joy's hologram effect is amazing. oh my god this is so good just the sex scene that they have yeah just so fucking weird yeah super weird yeah uh but just this in general cool. blade run is a weird movie I'm glad yeah just cool. just yeah. in no but just in general she's a hologram but like the effects of her being just a little translucent all the time are just like always on and you don't always notice it but sometimes you pick it up you're like she'll like walk by a light and you'll see like the glow behind it's like coming so through her subtle yeah There's so much subtle stuff the background of so many scenes has just little tiny pieces to add to it it's i will say that one of my favorite things that happened in the film is while he's driving in his flying space car uh they drive by a giant building size atari. ad for atari yep. because as we know atari was a dominant brand in 2019 <laughs> so of course it's still a giant in 2049 atari. they stayed dominant so like in the alternate reality of blade runner atari never made et <laughs> <laughs> so they're still on top uh what was the other one um there was atari coca-cola well yeah but coca-cola for stayed sure, a big brand sure. but there was another yeah. there was another off-brand i that, don't remember uh peugeot i think like, because Peugeot was in production cars. Because like, his car, his flying car is a Peugeot. Uh, and there's another one. There's, like, two or three brands that are not big brands now, but are big brands in Blade Runner in 2049 because they were big in 2019. Yeah. Uh, nice. It's just paying attention. Yeah, exactly. It's just, like, it's cute little, like, eh? Oh. And the, I will say... The biggest part of it, it makes the first one better. Yeah. It, like, takes... The, so there, there's a huge hubbub, and I don't know how much of this is spoiling, a huge hubbub about how Ridley Scott didn't really understand what the movie was about. He, like, he came out when the movie came out, and he was like, absolutely 100% Deckard is a replicant. And it was supposed to be kind of ambiguous, and in the, in the final cut, it is, a, it is, like, less ambiguous. Well, ultimately, well, yeah, because there's the unicorn scene. Yeah. Right? So... No, the unicorn scene is wonderfully ambiguous. It's, it's something everyone who wants to make that argument clings to. Right. Yeah, but if exactly. you're watching it in a vacuum... It's an ambiguous scene. You're just like, oh, he's dreaming of unicorns? What? Yeah, but then at the end, Griff, whatever, Edward James almost, makes the unicorn thing and leaves it for him. Right. Which, how would he know about his dream? If, right. Yeah. That's 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 why it's ambiguous. Yeah. It's, it's ambiguous. But I'm saying, but it is very much there. And I will say this, I mean, as a... It adds like to it. As, as, as a spoiler, non-spoiler, the, one of the greatest achievements of Blade Runner 2049 is reintroducing Deckard and keeping it ambiguous. Yeah. Like, like you still don't know. You it's and, 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 so and good. it's still like like Jared Leto, like the with. You would almost think that Jared Leto's character knows, <laughs> but the way he delivers the dialogue, the viewer still doesn't get to know. Like you feel that like Wallace knows, yeah, but the way he's like talking to Deckard because he's like basically challenging Deckard's own humanity, like a lot in like, yeah. like the original film of like, have you ever taken the test and like whatever else. Like he because he's challenging Deckard's humanity, he doesn't spell it out for Deckard, so he doesn't spell it out for the audience, which is just like the best. Like mm-hmm. they made an entire sequel where Deckard and Deckard's legacy is like a core part of the plot, and still never revealed whether he's a replicant or not. And Magical. I was like a plus. I was like yeah. that was like a worry that I went in. I was like, man, if they're just sort of like. It would there be. Was, it would there be was the nothing heavy-handed about this, right? Every every bit of it was done delicately and yeah. 
If they were just sort of like, and Deckard is a replicant, it would have been the equivalent of Yoda flipping around with a lightsaber. Right. <laughs> In Blade Runner World. Uh, yeah, I super good. A plus. I like. Uh, I, I want to go see it again. I mean, my right only, um, uh, I guess, the downside of it was it, it's a lot of like Wallyisms in a way, being like it's sad because it's robots. Like a lot, a lot of the sympathy strings that you feel for Joy, a lot of the sympathy strings that you feel for Kay is just sort of like they're just serving their function. You hmm. know, like it's a like. They handle it well, but it's like a little cheap. Like a lot of the sympathy strings I find that they pull on are are very like. I don't even know if cheap is the way the way to say it. It's just like they're they're easy they're easy tar- they're easy marks. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like making making joy being extra dedicated to her replicant lover. You're like, oh, well, is she a, is it a programming thing or like you know it's just like it wouldn't. If you and I were like, let's make a movie about robots, we would have that stuff. Right. You know, it was just like they were very easy, like, check marks. Let's try to get this on the list. Yeah. So I'm looking at a spot right here where it's a good conversation starter uh, around the ex machina arrival. I put this just. So what does it mean to be human? Absolutely and above arrival. arrival. Yeah, way. Not even. Much, 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 much above. Yeah. Same thing with ex machina. Okay, um, I'd so put it over Spider Man. I would also put it above that cluster. I would. All right, so then we're looking at like Terminators. Ooh, that is the correct spot to be looking at, I would say. So we've got Terminator and Terminator Two, right, right, clumped together, and just under that is Hackers and Get Out. I would happily put it above Terminator. Then above Conan. I don't know. I'm I'm having trouble with that one, but I would definitely put it above Terminator. Well, but then you go up one, and you get to Star Wars. I know. And I'm like, in lots like, of ways. I have a lot of trouble because I think that this was a, this was like a war- like incredible movie. I found it succeeded as an artistic vehicle and also as an intellectual piece. Mm-hmm. But I'm like still riding in the excitement, you know? Yeah, like, we don't I'm like we don't want a Suicide Squad. This I know. One. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not not that this movie should be compared to Suicide Squad, in, in, except in how it eclipses it in every possible way. <laughs> but it's very very good. Yeah. Um, I would put it right my, above Terminator. No, right I was gonna say I would I'd put it maybe below. Terminator, because mm-hmm. I always have that problem too, where it's just sort of like it benefits. It benefits so much from the fact that Blade Runner exists. Like I think it, it's it's better than Blade Runner. It, I would put it above it. It is better. Yeah. Like it, it's that same problem Ooh. of Terminator Two and Terminator yeah. in lots of ways, where you're just sort of like you can have the sequel that's better, but would it even exist if you didn't have like the foundation built by Blade I, Runner? I know what you're saying. I think Blade Runner 2049 was so much more intentfully produced than the first Blade Runner that I think it's better. It eclipses it. But I mean, but have you, have you ever seen? This is like I've only ever read about it. But the uh, what do they call it? The the the, the rush print or whatever. Oh, I got it. The uh, Blade Runner, the 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 pre cinematic release, huh. which is there's you have to look at it. Look look at what it's called, and it's like Denis Villeneuve was like the only one I care about is that one in Final Cut. That is it. Interesting. Those are the only two. That's and weird. Do you guys have a favorite version of Blade Runner? Final cut. Final cut. Yeah. yeah, I really like the theatrical release. You love the with and the with the voiceover. Yeah. Everybody involved hates that one. No, even Harrison Ford is like, I didn't want to record those lines. Yeah. Interestingly, yeah. the um the because otherwise that scene is weird. Which one? The the like weird crane shot that zooms in on him eating noodles. Yeah, dude. There's it's a four ton. minutes with nothing. There's so happening. much weird shit. In that yeah, movie. it's the best. Yeah. Uh, but I would just say that the 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 the, the first print 
uh, cut, whatever else like that. It's missing some of the Vangelis score, has the unicorn scene, has mm-hmm. all the violence, whatever else like that. The only major difference between it and the final cut is one act of voiceover that wasn't in the theatrical release, weirdly, yeah. uh, which is when Deckard is talking about Roy dying, there's a voiceover where Deckard is just like, first of all, they talk about how long it is. Because like when you watch the movie, you're like, oh, maybe he was up there for like 15 minutes. Yeah. And whereas like the voiceover is like, we stayed up there all night. And he was just sort of like, even realizing as he died, he was savoring like every moment of the life that was given to him and whatever else like that, which I think is a dope monologue. Like, well, you're just sort of like, no, I'm just saying, but like, but first of all, like the fact that they stretch out the Roy scene, death scene to being like, no, this was a, yeah, but they don't need to, oh. you got everything you got to out of his moments and his speech. I don't think you needed a voiceover whatsoever. I don't know. I just like the voiceover. I feel like it gives more of a film noir I mean, to Deckard. No, that is true. That, yeah. That, and I like that kind of. Yeah, parallel in a sci-fi movie. Yeah, I don't think you really see that. Anyway, I'm just saying, I have, I have a hard time with uh, Blade Runner 2049, just because, like I said, does it even yeah, does so cyberpunk it... even really exist? Like, you know, like does it, does the genre that it is exist without its first movie? Like, it has... okay, but that still doesn't mean that it was a better movie. I would go back and watch this again before I would watch Blade Runner again. I'd kind of go the other way. Huh. I mean, well, having having I watched them both. Does that change back. where its ranking is right now? Though, is that between Blade the Terminators? Above the Terminator? I mean, I, I'm going to put my vote into putting it above Terminator. I think, like, Terminator was I great. Would, it is a great movie, but Blade Runner 2049 had so much more going on. Hey, Terminator's got flaws. I feel that. Like I said, I, just, I, I feel like newness is kind of rubbing off on that. I don't know. Okay. Uh, you put it above both Terminators? Yep. Hmm. Right okay, how many? Okay, when we, when we put Terminator 2 on the list, as we were going through it, all the only thing we could say was how much rougher it was than we remember it being. <laughs> The fucking performances, the, like so much of it is aged. Yeah. As I'm saying, I would kind of squish it in between the two Terminators. That's where I would think. Scott, you have an opinion on this? I, I guess you haven't seen I it. I haven't yeah. seen it, so I don't. I don't know. I don't like. I really like Terminator. It's ranked very high, but th- that's a movie with some flaws in it. There's yep. some mm, rough edges around that movie too. Mm. As as cool and as uh, nasty as it is. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's, not, I, I mean, it's but, not perfect. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't think 2049 is nearly as deep as, like, it felt. Like, really? the more and more I thought about like, it. We can, we can go watch Blade Runner in the next couple of weeks. Hold on, hold on. That. If you're talking about the, like, movies that pose the question, what is it to be a computer? What is it to be alive? All, all that nonsense, right? Yeah. What has ever done something more, like, even attempted to, to, to look at things in more interesting ways than this movie? Like, this is better it than... It hasn't, but it wasn't bringing anything new to the argument. It was just beautifully, like, rendering stuff that people have already written about. Like, that, you know okay. what I mean? Like, it wasn't, like... It wasn't nearly as... I don't know. Like, it was... Again, I'm, I'm not trying to diminish it. It I was, know, like, masterfully yeah. done, but it didn't... I, I didn't come out of it being, like, I am now thinking about what AI could be in a new way. It was just, like, stuff that we know masterfully executed. That was what I took away from it. Like, okay. And then... But, it, I mean, isn't that still more than Terminator 1984? Do, 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 do. Like, you know, it says, okay, he comes, he shoots a bunch of stuff, it's real cool, there's a neato special effect, and then he's dead. Oh my god, time travel's creepy. Like, that's, that's Terminator. But Terminator, yeah, but like, but Terminator in its own way did talk about new things in time travel in a way. Like, like when you watch the term, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it brought something new to science fiction, whereas I'd felt I don't think any of that was new. But I will, alright, I will acquiesce and put it a below Terminator 1984. Did you rewatch Blade Runner? I've watched it like four times in the last year. Do you want to rank Blade Runner? No. But I just watched it last week. Uh, okay, but I think we're running out of time for Scott. Well, I just want to talk about Kickboxer Vengeance when we're talking about cinematic masterpieces. 
Kickboxer Vengeance, you guys. It's on Netflix. Scott was like, so here's what you need to know about Kickboxer Vengeance. I'm going to sum it up real quick. It's like Kickboxer, but the old Kickboxer trains the new Kickboxer. Does it have Jean-Claude Van Damme? Yeah, it does. Yeah. The old kickboxer trains the new kickboxer. Uh-huh. He's like, I'm the trainer. And he can still do the splits. <laughs> and, he can, and he can kick. And Is it just called kickboxer? Kickboxer vengeance. vengeance. Is there a colon? Yes. Yep. So yeah, so I will give you the synopsis. Uh-huh. Uh, kickboxer's brother gets suckered in to go to Thailand to enter into an illegal kickboxing fight, uh-huh. gets killed immediately. No. And then Kickboxer is like, I will train with Jean-Claude Van Damme and get vengeance. Does he? Yes. 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 <laughs> that is the film. <laughs> Featuring GSP in a terrible role as drunken other fighter. And the only thing that is n- memorable is when GSP and Jean-Claude Van Damme have a conversation together and they're like, you are a good fighter. What? I know I am a good fighter. Why aren't they talking in <laughs> <laughs> Why aren't they talking in French? <laughs> no, not only that, the guy that they have playing uh, Eric Sloan, the, the new kickboxer, yeah. is is also European and could speak French. Just Jean Claude Van Damme could speak French. Has a, does have a line of French dialogue yep. when like the police go to like Jean Claude Van Damme. Jean Claude Van Damme is like "Parlez-vous français?" and they're like "Ah!" Oh, and just yell at him. Uh, also starring Dave Bautista mm-hmm. as. Tong he's doing, he is doing real good for himself. We Tom. didn't mention him about Blade Runner, but yeah, yeah, he, he, he did. Actually, he was fucking great, super good in Blade yeah. Runner. Uh, yeah, it's featuring Dave Bautista as uh, um, Sagat, huh? <laughs> and M Bison, more Sagat, uh, a super huge beefy Muay Thai guy. That's Sagat. 100%. Who leads a cult with also, a scar on his chest? Also Sagat. Yeah. and also starring other MMA stars, Kane Velasquez, the former heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Champion of the world, Gina Carano, uh, former MMA. Now oh, she plays star. the Booker, right? She plays the Booker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The slimy agent who tricks his brother into tricks people mm. into going into death matches for money. Okay, was it awesome? Did people kick each other real good? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, the fight scenes were well choreographed. Yeah. They didn't look stupid. Did okay. Uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. One of the best. Jean Claude Van Damme was. It was great. Jean Claude Van Damme is the only reason this movie is worth watching. Okay. Like, no, other, other was fine. No, 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 no. was fine in a really reserved take on the role. Like his weird Zen master thing was amazing. <laughs> it comes out of nowhere. Who? Yeah, Batista. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying. But like, it is a perfectly cromulent, like, fighting film. Uh-huh. <laughs> what the only reason that you would select this over like any other kung fu movie is the fact that Jean Claude Van Damme. Van Damme reprises his role as kickboxer to right. now be the master. That's like, that's the difference maker. In, in terms of like, is is it like Hong Kong action theater? Can you compare it to like um, uh, John Wick or? Oh, absolutely not. Like no. I was like, it, 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 no. it, it no. like it's like it, if you're gonna watch like a kung fu movie, like watch Raid Redemption, watch Ong Bak, watch like there's like a million movies that you are know, better. Tony Jaa was supposed to be in the movie and he Ooh. backed out uh, as uh. it got slowed down in production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, they do like a whole scene where they're smashing coconuts, and then in the climactic last scene, Jean-Claude Van Damme is watching the sideline being like, coconut, <laughs> coconut. And you're like, what is happening? And the kickboxer kicks him like the coconut kick in the head. Right. And then they're like, okay, so it's a Muay Thai fight. And so it's like the crane moment. Oh, that's from, great. Yeah. And the, like, I will credit the movie for writing a wrong that it presents itself with, mm-hmm. where they're like, it's a Muay Thai fight. And they're like, first round is just like the traditional eight points of contact, straight up Muay Thai. Second round, they're like, add glass. So they like roll their things into glass. <laughs> yeah. They're like, third round, they're like, sword. 
Pete's. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, and then they're like, both swords get like knocked off and they go back to Muay Thai. And I was like, okay. But I was like, the only reason this was a problem is that you decided to give them swords. Like this was an unnecessary, like you could have put like blades on the outside of the ring or something. But no, they're like, they're like the traditional two sword fighting. And I was Mm -hmm. like, that's not kickboxing. Yeah. And, like, it really, like, them wielding two swords really seems to only last for about 30 seconds before they're like, and the swords get kicked away, and they're back to kickboxing. I was like, good job, movie. I was like, if the last fight scene of this movie called Kickboxer ends up being a sword fight, you messed up, but you had one job, and it was to make the movie Kickboxer about kickboxing. So, so Jurassic World? Oh, below. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oof. It's it's get, like no, I mean, you, you guys uh, are fucking real excited about this. I'm, it, I'm just saying like, it delivers on promises. Okay. Yeah, the like, promises I'm, I'm are not for, great. I'm looking for like where movies stop being fun. <laughs> it's uh, like it's right at the bottom of fun movies. Is it on X-Men Apocalypse cuz that was not fun? No, I'm looking at like King Arthur Legend of the Sword Ghost okay. in the Shell area. Remember that's the the new Ghost in the Shell. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm Evil saying it's Dead. definitely like it's definitely below stuff like Rubber and Evil Dead and whatever. Okay. Like okay. it, it literally it brings nothing new. Just the Jean Claude Van Damme as the master is kind of a kind of amusing, uh, kind of amusing. Um, well, okay, King Arthur. That's, that's the yeah. area. Yeah. Ghost in the Shell, Keith. What are you? Uh, yeah. I would. Ghost in the Shell looked cooler. Which I mean, if the if you're watching, <laughs> but, no, but no, but I think if you're watching a movie about kickboxing, it's just because it looks cool yeah. while they're kickboxing. Like, right? But it also delivered on exactly what it promised. I mean, so it Ghost in the Shell, kind of. It did. <laughs> like, All right. Moana, Solace, Dragon Slayer, Rush, Escape from Moana. No, no, it's better than Dragon Slayer. It's better than Dragon Moana. Slayer is the absolute floor. Moana. And see Moana. I'll tell you, man. Under Moana. Right under Moana. Yeah? All right. Yeah. Done. Moana and Solace. I think we had a, a letter from, from the audience. We did. And I was going to say that I yeah. thought about it while watching Kickboxer. Okay. Cool. Let uh, me read it. Let me read it. Okay. Well, I will say that what, what, what came up. I was watching Kickboxer. And I was watching it yesterday, and yesterday there was also you're a w- answer- Why are you answering a question? No, I'm setting up the, the the question. You see? You said you were going to read the question. Well, you... And no, how about you just let me do what I'm going to do? And then t- last night was also WWE TLC's pay-per-view, and I, as I was watching Kickboxer and about to watch a pay-per-view, I thought about this question from one of our listeners. What you had... No one knows what you were talking about until you read the question. You could have said all that after the no. question. But we're talking about Kickboxer. We segued into the question. You see? That was super awkward. All right. So if, John, if Scott didn't make it awkward, it would have been fine. <coughs> so we received a question from a uh, listener. Jur? Jur? <laughs> <laughs> uh, who asks, uh, to me, wrestling is a soap, op- is a soap opera in spandex. Mm-hmm. But clearly, there must be more to it, as it means so much to some of you. How would you, some. How would you get a grown man into pro wrestling? Or is it like Star Wars or other religions <laughs> that require childhood indoctrination? Huh. Uh, yes to all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I said, a big part of it is nostalgia. Watching wrestling with my dad is a huge part about why I watch wrestling as a grown-ass man. Uh, two, if you were how to get a grown man into pro wrestling, watching wrestling isn't wrestling is a very good explanation uh if you watch what's it's a youtube video it's a youtube video just google wrestling isn't wrestling and you'll find it max max landis yeah Yeah. exactly where they trace uh triple h's character art where that stuff when wrestling is good is when is like what you kind of wait for and you sift through hours and hours and hours you're you're saying that they explain what is good in 
the, in that yeah, video. Yeah, exactly. Well, they, what they do is they trace in that video uh, the entirety of Triple H's career over the last like 15 years, right. and put together the like the narrative of a single character over 15 years. And wrestling is basically, I think, the only medium where you get to do that, other than maybe comics, soap operas, and soap operas, and yeah. soap operas. So I suppose good one, General Jared. Hospital and. Uh, yeah, and the fact that it like uh, soap operas in spandex is not the worst comparison in the yeah. world. And then the other part—how long is that video? Hmm? Like the Max Linus thing? Under under thirty minutes, maybe twenty, right. if that. Yeah, 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 yeah. between like twenty twenty two minutes. It's like a, it's a quick watch, and if you're like you're like oh cool, you might not and, it's, and it's funny. Yeah, it's also very very funny. Uh, but yeah, if you're like if you were like oh that's why. But I mean to get to the level of where wrestling is enjoyable and how much watching of it you need to do, it's a lot. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. hard to get in. And then the I other... Mean, yes and no. Like, if I was going to say, get on on the ground floor with WWE, that's hard. Mm. You kind of just have to dive in and, and catch up. But if you were going to watch Lucha, Lucha Underground. Underground on Netflix, yeah. it's a brand new narrative with a page one. Yeah, exactly. Is, I would, it, is it at the same level as WWE? Absolutely. Story-wise? Yeah. yeah. The, story, the quality story- of storytelling is on the same level. And the wrestling? Wrestling is fantastic yeah. also. Yeah. And they also yeah. benefit from the fact that it is pre-taped. So they just they have access to the best footage. Like WWE, because it's a live product, every now and then you'll see the monstrous whiff. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then yeah, yeah, you yeah. guy go like, Burr! and spill backwards because they are like cutting it together live. Sure. But this is, they have all the cameras on it and they take the best takes. Uh, I would say, yeah, if you are interested... Best angles. Right. Yeah, if you're interested in wrestling as a thing watch wrestling isn't wrestling and if that seems kind of fun to you start watching lucha underground on netflix hmm. i would say that is a perfectly good way to get into wrestling and the other thing that i thought about is that i have so much appreciation especially knowing and talking to wrestlers i guess like infinitely more so and knowing the fact that it's not fully choreographed and the fact that it's more like it's a lot more improvised and kind of like decided on the fly like when that comes together to be cool hmm. like it's just like watching improv versus watching scripted sketch comedy like, yeah, the scripted sketch comedy is kind of tighter, but people still watch improv because there is an element of seeing what kind of stuff they can come up with on the fly. There's a good, uh, like, an extra level of creativity there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. So I feel that there's, like, an extra appreciation of the performers where they're, like, they have a few spots worked out, and then they kind of make a, an engaging little storyline overall. Hmm. And stuff could still happen. Like, you don't know if it's going to go right, if it's going to go sideways. It's like a risk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. It's like they're they're on at TLC. They they picked up a man and then they ran with him and then they smashed him through a table. Like it's like you're they're still doing that. You're mm-hmm. like yes, they are doing that in a way to try not to hurt him. But you're like that just happened. There were no wires. There was no like multiple takes and multiple cuts. It was like you guys have been running around pretending to fight each other for like twenty five minutes and now it's time to do this. <laughs> Don't mess it up. And like Undertaker throwing McFoley off the hell in a cell. As God is my witness, he's broken in half. <laughs> but yeah, he, half. he knocked three teeth through his ear. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Cesaro <laughs> a month ago did took a completely routine bump. Like, you know, like the, you know the dumbest bump in wrestling where they do like a little like slingshot and the guy goes like whoo and shoots forward. Uh-huh. It makes no sense. Yeah, just did that into the corner. Cesaro took it bad, bashed his teeth into the steel ring post. Did not break his teeth, jammed his teeth up into his mouth. Uh, then he kept wrestling. Fucking gross. Yeah, so gross. He just like, goes up to his and has blood and is like, Ugh. <laughs> and then just like kept wrestling another like 15 minutes. So you're like, yeah, that's intense. When you see it, you're like, that's a super neat improv fight thing that you watch. So yes, watch wrestling isn't wrestling. And if you're invested, watch Lucha Underground. Oh, that was such a nice listener question. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, if Jar has any other questions, 
We will talk about them in other weeks. Uh-huh. <laughs> or anyone else. Face. Or anyone else. This wasn't uh, on yes. Wait, wait, wait. No, wait. What? One of the comments we got was it was hard to reach us. So you can reach us on uh, Twitter. at our website. You can leave comments on any of our uh, posts. Any of our posts and podcast posts. For two weeks. Uh, then they close down. You can reach us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm at Risker. Well, he also made the, the, the comment that there was no – our email addresses are never actually listed anywhere on the site. And yep. he's right. But, I mean – We I also like, don't say our names at the start of the podcast. It's so. true. Yeah, but, yeah. like, John at 9to5.cc goes to me. Yeah. Keith at 9to5.cc. And for the record, anything at 9to5 will go to me as well because I, I have a redirect on yeah. the, the whole thing. So, But you can also DM us on – you can DM the page on Facebook. You yeah. can DM we us. We should put it up somewhere, though. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it is kind of funny. That's true. <laughs> or tweet us uh, yeah, all yeah. of us at 9to5 yeah at 9to5cc yep. hooray guys keep them coming loyal listener Look, if you're a fan of the show and uh, the site in general, uh, please take the time to like us on Facebook. We are number 9to5dotcc, 9to5.cc on Facebook. And uh, also follow us on Twitter. We're at sign number 9to5cc number on Twitter. So, uh, And also be sure to check back on the site for something on Mondays, probably. Uh, we have Zombies and Loathing After the Bomb, usually on Tuesdays. We have a new comic in 9to5 Illustrated every Wednesday, a new podcast every week, usually on Thursday. It's either going to be a 90s or a Go Plug Yourselves. And on Fridays, we have Fine Arts with either Sophie and Scott. And, uh, you know, maybe John will even uh, contribute one of his mega articles at some point, too. You can only hope. All right, thanks. 9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening.